Maniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and love is in the air, but sometimes love needs a little bit of help, needs a little coercion, needs a little, a little, uh, a little tickling, a little teasing, a little play of the four, if you will, and that's why this week we are here with Volume 2 of Cupid's Stupid Playlist. That's right, the Needless Things musical experts have gathered together to help give you a soundtrack to make the love that you need in your life happen. Uh, But before we get to that, uh, I've got a few things that I want to talk about. One, the Needless Things YouTube channel. This week, reviews went up of Stridor from Masters of the Universe Origins which I will say is the greatest robotic horse toy ever released. Uh, And then on Monday, I reviewed the new Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow O-Ring G.I. Joe figures, which are the launch of a whole new collection of retro O-Ring action figures. Uh, They're not perfect, but they're wonderful and great. So go watch the review, uh, go like, subscribe, uh, and and share videos from the Needless Things YouTube channel. And I do want to say this, uh, if you've been following the Needless Things YouTube channel, which you should, uh, because I, I love it and I'm very proud of it, there have been some audio difficulties lately, and what's been happening, and I, I don't want to explain this when I'm doing reviews on the channel, so I'm explaining it here, even though I don't know how much crossover there really is between the podcast and YouTube, uh, but... What, what's happened is I was do I did a review, uh, I don't remember which one it was, but there was some sort of clicking and popping and, and like a microsecond of dropping out at different times during the review. And then at the end, I realized the last maybe second and a half, two seconds of the audio were gone. And at some point during the review... The audio had stopped being synced up with the video. Uh, so I use an earbud. Uh, it is a Soundcore earbud recommended by our pal, our, our tech expert, uh, Arian Gulick, and they have been absolutely fantastic earbuds. Uh, they're Bluetooth, wireless, whatever. Uh, they've been wonderful for over a year now. And then... There was, I think it was January 5th ish. There was an Android update. It was right when I got sick with the Omicron. Uh, there was an update, and I believe it jacked something up to where that because it's not my earbuds, because I tried two different devices and it did the same thing. It's the phone, which is a problem because you can't do anything about that. I can't uh, just. It's it's infuriating. It's one of those tech things that you can't get an answer for because you can't Google, uh, you know, hey, Google, my Pixel 6 Pro, when I'm recording video, the audio is doing little dropouts and then it gets unsynced. And that, like, you can't Google something like that and get any kind You can barely Google... Uh, Pixel 6 Pro Bluetooth problem and get any kind of reasonable answer. Like, technology 
they're they're so unconcerned with the dum-dums being able to use things, which I understand because this phone is far too advanced for me. I have no business walking around with this much technical power in my pocket. I don't understand probably 90% of the things that this phone can do. But anyway, that's been going on with the the videos on the Needless Things YouTube channel, so I've been having to use the phone microphone, which just doesn't sound as good to me. Uh, and it, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't sound as good, period, but it bothers me. But there's nothing I can do, because the problem is the Bluetooth recording. Uh, there, yesterday, there was a big, giant security update from Google that's supposed to address. It mentioned Bluetooth issues. Uh, I have not tried a review again yet, just because I don't have anything to review. What I might do, I, I've got reaction figures of Pee Wee Herman and Godzilla. I might do, because th that I don't really intend to review, but... Those might be my test runs to see. I, I don't know, you guys. I'm, it's it's very, very, very frustrating because it's it's you can't really get an answer or a resolution. Anyway, I'm doing my best uh, to keep everything consistent with the reviews. So those O-rings, like a few minutes into the video, I had to switch audio source because it got jacked up. So that's what's going on over there. Uh, but going forward, I will not be posting anything that has inconsistent audio. It's going to be from the phone or if I get the, the Bluetooth mics working again uh, from those. But I won't be mixing it up. So there you go. That's a little technical drama in my life that's been driving me crazy. Uh, all right. Uh, just now, I watched a Hasbro Pulse video that uh, star. I don't usually watch the Star Wars stuff because I just anything vintage collection coming out, I just follow along like on Instagram or Toy Arc or something like that. Uh, but uh, our head head of research Ryan Schweck, we've got a little text chat about general toys and stuff with a couple other people. Um, and I saw in that text chat there's something about a a throne room playset. I was like, oh, let me hop on and see what this is all about. Uh, during the Star Wars live stream, they announced a playset of Jabba's throne room. It is the, the dais that Jabba sits on, but it also includes the throne that Bib Fortuna and Boba Fett sit on, uh, and then all of the background behind that, and then the arch going overhead. And it, it can be used for Book of Boba Fett era or Return of the Jedi era, depending on what accessories you put in there and what you want to do with it. It looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. However, I think they've completely missed the mark on what I want anyway from this playset. Uh, I don't care about anything that's happening behind Jabba the Hutt uh, or whoever's sitting on the dais. I just don't. I care about what's going on on the floor in front of the dais, the trapdoor, and the stairwell. Those, to me, are much more iconic than the stuff behind the throne that you can't even really see. So I, I think they've totally blown it with this thing, to be honest. Uh, the art, There's an arch that goes over the top of it that I think should have just been eliminated. Because really all that's doing is closing in your playset area and making it more difficult to get to 
Get rid of that arch. Give me the floor and the trap door in front of the dais. Give me the stairwell that, you know, two, two hugely iconic scenes. Luke walking down the stairwell into Jabba's throne room. Uh, that's where Fett stands. I think it's where Fett is. I I think it's where Fett is standing in Jedi, watching what's going on. And then later, Fett and Fennec Shand go down those same stairs to confront Bib Fortuna. Uh, give me those stairs over this giant arch and the the barbecue pit or whatever they've got behind this thing. I, I highly recommend you go take a look at the pictures. I'm sure they're widely available by now. Uh. Well, they're probably already, I'm sure they're up on Pulse's Instagram, and this thing goes up for pre-order. Uh, let's see. Sorry, it, it, this just happened, so all of the info has not been posted everywhere just yet. Uh, this goes up for pre-order February 10th, so yesterday at 1 p.m. $229. So, I'll be honest, I don't balk at the price, uh, because... If you look at this, it is probably about half the size of the sail barge. It's massive. Um, but they just, in my opinion, they did it wrong. The stuff that's behind... I, I, I guess it was very important to them for this to be screen accurate, but you could eliminate that whole wall, all the stuff that's behind the dais, move it up, Reduce the detail. Get rid of a ton of these accessories or make them sculpted into the wall. I don't care. I don't need all these tables and things to be removable. Uh, I, this just isn't what I would want from this playset. And, of course, they're not looking at it as a playset, really. They're looking at it as a diorama. They're looking at it as something for toy photographers, which this is a whole other thing that I probably need to discuss on... on well, if we do a Toy Fair episode... Uh, depending on what how reveals are done, this would be a good place for it. I think toy photographers are ruining the toy business <laughs> in in a, in some ways. In some ways, uh, but that is a conversation for another day. But I will tell you right now, I think that the rampant toy photography that's on Instagram and other places online is the reason that this playset is such a disappointment because they were designing it for those guys and not. For, for your average toy collector and and fan of playsets and whatever, I, that may be a controversial take, but think about it, and I think you'll you'll look look within yourself, and and you'll know it to be true or whatever. All right, moving on because I already spent too much time on that thing. I could probably I probably could have gotten Schweck on here, and we could have done a whole episode just about this thing. Uh, but we'll we'll talk maybe we'll talk even more about it if we do that Toy Fair episode. Uh, all right, moving on to happier things. Super Seven has had a big week going on. Uh, they have shown lots of reaction stuff. They showed Bruce Lee Ultimates that both look fantastic. Uh, I think Bruce Lee is very very cool, but he's not like one of my ooh fandom type things. So. I love these. I think they're great. I think if you're a Bruce Lee fan, they're must-have. Both figures are must-have. One of them is the yellow tracksuit. Uh, one of them is the the black, uh, I guess, gi. But it's got the removable jacket. It's got the undershirt. It's also got the the just bare-chested. Like it's. I don't know which one of these I would get if I was going to get one. I think you got to have them both. Uh, they look phenomenal. Uh, and then 
On the reaction figure front, and this is driving me crazy because I've already talked a lot on Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, about how I really didn't think I was going to be buying these G.I. Joe reaction figures. And then when you see them in person, they're so perfect and wonderful and just joy-inducing that you can't help it. And I've bought a bunch of them. Well, now there are reaction Roger Rabbit figures coming out. Uh, There's, oh man... Uh, the reaction Roger Rabbit. That's all you need to do. Uh, Roger, uh, Jessica, Judge Doom, the Weasels. Gosh, they're not doing an Eddie, are they? Uh, there was one more, but anyway, they they look they look great. I would love to have them. I would love to have Roger Rabbit. I've always wanted Roger Rabbit toys. Uh, they had the sort of bendums. Back when the movie came out, uh, there have been a couple other things here and there over the years, but I'd, I'd really like to have Roger Rabbit toys. I don't know that these reaction figures are necessarily it, but I love that they're doing them. Uh, they are doing Beastie Boys reaction figures. They have not shown the actual products yet. All we got was a splash page with the Super 7 logo, Beastie Boys logo, and then it was over a Starfield, so... It might be, that might mean nothing, it might mean everything, it could be figures of them from the Intergalactic video. I will I will buy every Beastie Boys reaction figure they release, period. Uh, they're one of my all-time favorite bands, I have wanted Beastie Boys figures forever and ever and ever, and I'm still kicking myself to this day for not buying, uh, there were some one-sixth scale Beastie Boys figures uh, from around when Hello Nasty came out, it was them in the big sardine can. Uh, and uh, you know, at the time, I thought well, that's too expensive, and I think it was like 150 bucks for the three figures, which at the time was expensive. But now, I, I I literally all the time just kick myself for not buying those. It was stupid, but I guess I assumed you know, well, we'll get more Beastie Boys figures someday. And uh, now today is that day, so Beastie Boys reaction figures coming soon. I'd buy Ultimates if they want to do them. Uh, I'm I'm just absolutely huge into this concept. Can't wait to get them. Uh, and then finally from Super Seven, just announced a few minutes ago, and this is there. There'll be more announcements this week. I'm having to record uh, this intro on Wednesday because I'm working overtime over the week. I don't. I won't have time to record anything else. Uh, so last last one that I've got for now. Super 7, Parks and Recreation Reaction Figures, and it's another one that I'm all in on because I've been wanting Parks and Recreation Figures, which is kind of a weird thing, but I I think it's the greatest sitcom of all time. I love all of the characters on that show. Uh, The one thing that I want, though, that's a little above and beyond what Super 7 does for most reaction lines, I feel like we gotta have the the office, like the, the... like I want the circular desk uh I want Ron's office I want uh I I I I really want that office even if it's just like a cardboard backdrop with a plastic base or something along those lines I want an environment for these figures to live in uh I I gotta have them and I'm dying to see what the packaging art is gonna look like on the Beastie Boys figures and on the uh uh Parks and Recreation figures. Oh, uh, speaking of the Beastie Boys figures, somebody on Facebook had a great idea, which was a refreshing change, uh, that we need a Nathaniel Hornblower figure, and they're 100% right. Uh, we need him in the Lederhosen, we need him in the Tuxedo, we need 
several Nathaniel Hornblower figures. I hope this first wave of Beastie Boys reaction figures is like six figures and not just three like the Run DMC. I think there's a lot you can do with the Beastie Boys. If you think about it over the years, there's Sabotage, uh, Pops Right Up. There, there's so much. The the uh, So what you want, look like literally all of these looks, we, for, uh, Hey Ladies, the like... I could have a whole wall of Beastie Boys reaction figures and be very, very happy about it. Okay, finally, last thing we got to do. Since to, uh, this week's episode is love songs, uh, I've got to go over here to the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, uh, which, as you all know, uh, you can join whenever you like. I uh, keep toy updates going on over there. Uh, you can get involved in polls and determine what we talk about, what we vote on, uh, talk about things in the shows like like we're getting ready to do right now. Uh, all right. So I asked in the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, what's your favorite love song? Now, I did this yesterday because I remembered at the last minute I wanted to do this. So it hasn't been up for like a week. Uh, so we've got Kevin Cafferty, The Ship Song by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, I've never heard it, but I'm sure Arian Gulick is smiling right now. Uh, Chris DiPatrillo, friend of the show, a phenomenal writer. Check out, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the website he writes for, but uh, follow Zach Malibu on Twitter and you will be able to find the excellent articles he writes about terrible old action movies that are awesome. Uh, the, the movies are awesome, but the articles are too. Uh, Careless Whisper, and it's not even close. I also love 90% of the cover versions. That's a bold statement, Chris. Uh, Bob Burke, who's actually on this episode, and for some reason didn't pick this song, Bob. Uh, two Live Crew, Me So Horny. Uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Bob, you could have dropped one of your picks and, and thrown this in and, and really tied the whole show together uh bobby nash award-winning bobby nash queen who wants to live forever piano version uh dan kelly the the great and powerful elzig knights in white satin by the moody blues uh in in the the video link he shared is in paris restored video uh greg plunkett florence and the machine howl uh live on letterman and then finally, our, our dear friend, one of the most wonderful people on the entire planet, Sally Smith Eden, The Whole of the Moon by Waterboys, which, I mean, I see that and I picture like five Adam Sandlers on stage crooning, uh, which also makes me want to go watch The Wedding Singer. So I'm going to go do that right now. You guys uh, open up your favorite romantic adult beverage, uh, might be a vodka mule, you know, who knows? I don't know. Get some chocolates, throw some rose petals, you know, all over the porch or whatever, and uh, get ready to make some love. Exciting and new. 
Come aboard. We'll set the stage for you. That's right. It's that time of year when the Needless Things music experts who have never come up with a name for ourselves uh, tell you the playlist that's going to help you knock the boots on this Valentine's Day. Ryan, you're going to have to stop drinking your drink like that. You're cracking me up. We've got, well, we'll we'll go ahead with the introductions. I, I am your host, Dirty Dirty Dave. Uh, joining us also are Take My Beth Away, <laughs> Van Dusen, the Glomania World Champion, Sexual Vanilla Bob Burke. And filling in for Noel Gottwood is Ryan, the L is for Lover Cadaver. Yes. Absolutely. That's what the L is for. I didn't, I realized as I was sending out the email for this, I was like, what does the L stand for? I don't know. And you don't have to tell me. Larry. Oh, well, yeah. I guess I could have figured I was, that out. I huh? was going to guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that would be kind of funny if it was something else entirely. Like, nope, yeah. this came from nowhere. Uh, lady, <laughs> it's for Ladybird. Yes, it is. Ryan Ladybird Cadaver. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're, uh, we're going to do our thing where we go around and each of us choose a uh, a love song that is something that will get people in the mood that'll that'll give them the inspiration to create a romantic tone for whatever setting they may be in. Obviously, that could include some some rose petals, a bath, some candles, uh, or maybe it's just your busted up blanket and some Netflix and pop tarts. I don't know. I don't judge. Uh, how we do this, Ryan, is when you give your pick. You'll, you'll put a little pause in there for editing purposes because we will actually include a bit of the song you're about to choose. So it's actually good that I'm going first because you can kind of see how it's done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm going to kick things off with probably the best pick of the whole night. I should hold it back, but I like to start strong. Uh, so my, my first pick this year is... Don't need money. Don't take fame Don't need no credit card to ride this train It's down and it's sudden And it's cruel sometimes But it might just save your life That's the power of love That's the power of love That's right, you know it, you love it The Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News uh, this is it's a legendary song. It, and what's cool about this song is even though it's the power of love, it's obviously about love, but it's not really a love song. It's a great rockin' song. And with its ties to Back to the Future, it has kind of that pop culture rele uh, relevance as well. It's just, it's a song that I love. It's one of the few, uh, I mean, it's a ballad, but it's a rockin' ballad. The problem with it is anytime you look up the power of love on Google, this is not what comes up. That annoying skank Celine Dion also has a song called The Power of Love. And unfortunately, that is the one that Google seems to think people are going to be looking for. I don't know if my Google thinks I'm based in Canada or something. I don't know what the problem is, but every time I went to pick up a little something about the power of love, that was a problem. Uh, it's from 1985. It was written specifically for Back to the Future. Uh, when the filmmakers approached Huey Lewis about doing music for the movie, he wasn't interested in 
writing a song that described the plot of the movie, which of course he eventually did with Back in Time. But they said, no, 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 no. We just really love Huey Lewis and the News, and we want a great song for this movie that we're making. So he made Power of the Love, uh, the Power of Love. And what's great is this song is in all three movies. Uh, it's performed at the audition where Huey Lewis is actually one of the teachers judging the talent contest. And he says, you guys are just too darn loud. Uh, it appears in the second movie when Marty is all old and decrepit and his hands messed up. He tries to play it on the guitar and he can't. Uh, and then the third movie, it's in the car race with needles. But it's just it, it's it's a great rock and love song. When you guys saw this in my list initially, what were your thoughts about this song? Well, first way, I want to back up for a second. If Celine Dion had an annoying Christmas song, you'd probably love her. So let's just stick with that first. She does have an annoying Christmas song, and I don't like it. I'm shocked. She doesn't even make my schmaltzy Christmas cut. Absolutely shocked. But um, as soon as I saw this on your list, like I was like, it, it's it's Huey Lewis, first of all. I mean, someone had to throw a Huey Lewis song on this one. Like, I almost did. Yeah, and he's got a lot of great love songs. It, it was on my short list was um, uh, uh, stuck with you was on like my, on my list initially. Yeah. But as soon as I saw this, I was no way I was going to do two Huey Lewis songs. But um, <laughs> yeah, like you're right. The song is legendary, man. It really is. I, I was going to say at the time this song came out and, you know, I wasn't a huge and still am not a huge Back to the Future fan. At the time, I was also not a huge Huey Lewis fan because guess who liked Huey Lewis in the mid 80s? My mom. This was old person music to me at the time. Well, and it kind of was though that like, that's not entirely wrong. No. And um, you know, she, she loved this and I equated this with like Phil Collins throwing a little no jacket required little Peter Gabriel. (laughs) So you got my mom's night made, but as, as time has gone on, um, obviously my feelings about Huey Lewis have changed and thanks nostalgia for clearing things up for me. I, I don't know if it, helped or hindered that i saw huey lewis expose his penis in a movie i mean that can only help what What movie is this i gotta take some notes (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) a shortcuts Shortcuts by robert altman came out shortly after the player but anyway i i can appreciate huey lewis now for for what it is it's it's because you're old now yes (laughs) I, I probably am. No, I'm, I'm probably older than my mom was when she was listening to this. Crap. It's it's horrifying to think about that kind of stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw this and I was like, this is obviously, like you said, this is a strong choice, maybe the best choice. I mean, it's a great song. It's my favorite Huey Lewis song. Um, Back in time is my second favorite. So I'm just a big fan of the Back to the Future songs. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think it's a solid choice. I've always liked this song. I've always liked Huey Lewis. So. Let me ask you guys a question, though. Like, obviously, like he was relevant before this and everything. But do you think he would have hit as big if it wasn't for Back to the Future? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, I, I mean, he was sure. Huey Lewis and the News were already because of sports by this time. They were already huge. But this was next level exposure and, and pop culture relevance. And honestly, after this, I, I don't know that. And and I I didn't research that far because we're not doing a Huey Lewis episode yet, uh, but I I don't know if after the sort of era of the first couple Back to the Future movies I don't know if Huey Lewis and the News were ever 
as big as they were. Like this was probably the peak, I would imagine. Uh, all right, moving right along, Bob, you're up next. I'm going to be really predictable here. Seems like I, I throw something from him on every list. <laughs> so my first pick is going to be uh, this this uh, song right here. Before we say goodbye, all I want to say is I. was alice cooper with something to remember me by uh usually on every album alice tries to throw like a ballad in and i've always found his ballads to be really strong and powerful um it seems like he excels in ballad writing even though when he performs in concert he doesn't go anywhere near them uh this one is uh kind of like you're you're almost you're not necessarily saying goodbye to someone but you're kind of celebrating like your last night with someone whether it's for short term or forever and uh, the first time i heard this a couple years ago it's um Rose to the Top is one of my favorite Alice songs, probably of his entire catalog. I know you guys aren't overly familiar with Alice, probably mostly because of me uh, throwing them on these lists every uh, every every couple months. Almost every Alice Cooper song that you've brought up, I've been like, well, I need to go check that out because my my I'm very surface level with him. I've never de- delved too deep, and I'll be honest with you. Part of the reason I haven't is most most of my life, I was not a fan of the ballads, power ballads, like this, basically this kind of music. And it seemed like anytime I went much deeper than like Feed My Frankenstein, I would get something like this and I'd be like, eh, it's not really for me. But again, you get older, you learn to appreciate things in a different manner. And now the the Alice Cooper power ballad is something that I have to respect. It's every album he throws one on. It's, it's it's not always like like a hit or a single, but to me, it's always one of the ones that stand out to me. Just you look at him and his his image, the mystique, and what he does, and then he goes and throws something like this, and that's actually very Alice Cooper like because it goes against everything that he represents. Well, and it's it is impressive the the way that he has always expressed himself. How he, like only women bleed is an all time great song, but somebody who's only casually familiar wouldn't even attribute it to Alice Cooper. You know, yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't think of that as being him, but it is. And it's one of his bigger hits too. It's one of, yeah, it's one of his biggest hits. Yeah. I like, I grew up on Alice Cooper. My dad was like really into him, got me into him like at an early age. Uh, like I love Alice Cooper to death, but for some reason, this album is like a blind spot to me. You're really? I love this album. Um, yeah, I don't know. I gave it a listen when it first came out and it's one of those that didn't instantly grab me, but I feel like I should probably go back to it. Um, but I mean, I've, I've always loved Alice Cooper. Um, I, I prefer his 70s stuff, but, uh, I'm, in, I'm into all of it though. I, I also surprisingly, oh wait, not surprisingly had not heard this song. <laughs> I knew none of you guys would have actually heard this, so I knew this was going to be a... Well, you know, I'm at this point, I'm just relying on you to feed me Alice Cooper songs, and I feel like that's safe, because you do at least once every podcast, so... I yeah. almost had all four of my songs Alice Cooper songs. <laughs> like, it was it was close. I almost did that, because there's a ballad on every album, and I like a lot of them, so that was almost my list. 
this this actually surprised me because I don't think I've heard an Alice Cooper ballad before, so it was surprising to me, and and surprisingly pretty. He's been married since the early seventies to the same woman, faithful to her, and he said that that's always his inspiration. The right stuff like this is her. She's in his stage show, so she's tours with him all the time, and you can tell how like how in love they really are. So that's always his inspiration for the stuff. If that doesn't say love, I don't know what does. That's awesome. Man, we should have closed on that one. (laughs) All right. Moving along, Beth, what is your first pick? Well, immediately after we recorded this episode last year, Noel texted me and said, how did we both forget this one song? So I'm making up for that this year by having it be my first song. And that is. I was standing. You were there. Never Tear Us Apart by In Excess. And it's it's a typical ballad for the time. It came out on Kick, which was, I believe, 88. And it's maybe not as good an album as like Listen Like Thieves, but it was the popular album. It was the Yeah, the that was their that big one, right? Broke them big. And yeah. then they just as quickly faded out into obscurity. But this album was huge. And I don't even know this is the best song on this album, but it is a really good love song. And Michael Hutchins's voice has a lot of feeling in it. I don't even know who it's about. I looked, I couldn't find it easily. So this could just be a generic love song, but it doesn't make it any less pretty or any less enjoyable to listen to, especially in hindsight. I know it's easy to get overwhelmed by a song when it first comes out that's that popular and you're forced to do nothing but listen to the radio or watch MTV. Back in the days when, you know, everybody was kind of listening to the same radio stations and you heard the same 20 songs over and over and over again, it was a little different. You'd, you'd get bombarded with the hits. It was a lot easier to get sick of a song back then, but this one has is one that has grown on me steadily over the years, and I really do love this song. And one great thing about this podcast is it's given me, I have two new Spotify playlists now, thanks to this podcast. <laughs> well, this, I when you put this into the chat as, as your pick, I had no idea what it was. Uh, I mean, I, I'm familiar with NXS, but when I went to watch the video, I didn't realize it was that song until it got past the little intro portion. And then I was like, Oh, this, cause yeah. obviously I know this song. I just didn't know it was in excess. I just, I didn't know what it was called, but then when it kicks in, I was like, Holy shit, this is like one of the biggest songs. This is, I mean, this song might have been bigger than, uh, Oh shit. The signs one. Oh, what is the name of their dun, dun, dun. Oh, what is it? Need you. I need you tonight. Yeah. This might've been bigger than that. And you wouldn't really think of it that way, or at least I wouldn't because I tend to prefer the like poppier, more upbeat stuff. But I think this song has a a more prolific stance in music than need you tonight does. I like how bluesy this one is, how it comes off. It's definitely one of the more un-NXS songs to me. 
Well, it's that Australian blues, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I, I, same thing. Like, I was like, I was like, I love NXS, but I'm not sure if I know this one. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it it was the same thing. But uh, apparently this song has like some, it must have some sort of like new attention drawn towards it because uh, I guess there's a show euphoria that there's like a scene in it where this song is very prominent because all the comments were about that show. I don't watch that show, but that's uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's getting a little resurgence. Somebody mentioned that show to me the other day and I, I, I hadn't even heard of it. It's uh, how, how often these days does somebody ask you about a show and you're like, I haven't even heard of that. And they're like, Oh, it's in the sixth season. Oh, all the time. All the yeah. time. And I'm sorry, I'm using my HBO for Peacemaker. I ain't got time for nothing else on HBO right now. <laughs> and I true. was just going to say that, like, I keep seeing it on HBO, on, on HBO but I'm, I'm going in there for Peacemaker. Yeah. I'm going there for Peacemaker and Righteous Gemstones, because Righteous Gemstones is, like, the best cast ever. Oh, is the new season out yet? Yes, and it's, oh, guys. Oh, I need to get back to so that. Good. I watched that first season twice. That's yeah. fantastic. I just finished it tonight, actually, the first season, so I can start right. the second season. It's Adding so that good. to my list. Season yeah. two is even better. Oh, okay. So I've got we've got to we've got to circle back to something. I meant to cover yeah. this in the intro real quick, but this is appropriate because Beth, it's your pick. So to to go back to our Christmas episode real quick and your uh, the BTS is that what it is? Yes, your BTS song that <laughs> that I acknowledge is tremendous pop music. But they remixed it with just sleigh bells, and that's what makes it a Christmas song. Yeah. Does that mean that every Onyx song is a Christmas song? It is now. <laughs> I think it is. I I am adding back the fuck up to my Christmas rotation. <laughs> I, I think that's the, the right thing to do. All right. All right. We got to move on. Ryan, do you feel like you've got a feel for what we're doing? Yeah, Absolutely. Then take it away. What is your first pick here? My first pick is this lovely song. You are the girl of my dreams. You make me complete. Falling in love again. Knock me off my feet. It's Girl of My Dreams by Donnie Benet. So Donnie Benet is something that uh, I think Dave may have in- indirectly introduced me to. I don't know which one of us. I don't either. Shared the video. And I can't, I can't. find it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. The The thing that matters is we have this beautiful man in our lives now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, but this song in particular, like. You know, you you look at this guy and like when I first started listening to him and like listening to his album, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like kind of funny. And but it's good. And then I'm like, oh, it's just good. And he just looks ridiculous, but it's good. Um, it, like it, it looks like matter. a 70s porn star. Well, he he uh, look, he, yeah, he, he he looks how he looks. Yep. He has embraced his genetic lot in life and yep. leaned into it. But he is a fantastic musician. Like I've started like deep diving in a lot of his videos and like the guy's incredible. And this song in particular, I really like because it's about 
someone who's like been through some shit and, and dealt with loss of love and, and, and had, you know, a bad breakup and got to that point where a lot of people have been, where it's like, I'll never find love again. And it's about finding love again and being like, Oh, like love still exists. Like I thought, I thought that part of my life was over and it's back. So it's a really great song that anyone that's been through a bad breakup and gotten with someone that you're like, Oh, this is even better. Like it's, Anyone who's been through that, which is most people, this song yeah. is is perfect. Um, so I, I just I love it. It's actually a beautiful song. And the video, he's dating a vampire and she bites him and then realizes he's eaten a bunch of garlic before he got <laughs> over there. And she out. So that's pretty hilarious too. It well, here and this is the thing is I think people discover like we did Donnie Benet through his videos, which are all completely fucking bonkers. Yeah. And incredible, like they are easily, well, MTV is not a thing anymore, but they're easily like, you know, real music video quality videos with very strange ideas and concepts. But then you put the videos aside and because I just got because you you kind of were like, hey, remember this or or have you heard of this? And I was like, well, yeah, this is that thing we looked at a couple months ago or whatever, but yeah. you did the dive and I didn't, I just enjoyed that one video and was like, that was cool. and never really looked further into it. Yeah. So I ordered Mr. Experience. And I think it's very important to, to listen to, to, to hear Donnie Benet on vinyl at some point in your life. I ordered Mr. Experience, the album that this song is from. And he's fantastic. He's incredible. Yeah. Like the videos are just icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But this song in particular, like I hate whistling in any, any form at all ever, but he makes it work in this song. He does. He does. Yeah. And it's got one of the funkiest bass lines I've ever heard in a song. Like if you like listen to the thing, that bass is working the entire song. This to me, very reminiscent of Hall and Oates. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It, it, It has, you know, it's soulful, but it has that funky undertone. And, and really a lot of his stuff, uh, you know, it's it's very original, but does have that feel of like, this is adult contemporary, but it's too funky to be that. It, yeah. it has too much. It has too much personality to be that. Yeah. Uh, but I just and the video is so good. Everybody needs to just stop right now and go watch the the girl of my dreams video. But when he's sitting on the bed with her and he looks in the mirror. And sees that she's not there. Yeah. But then sits and does it like 50 times. Like looks at the mirror, looks at her, looks at the mirror. Like it's so bizarre and wonderful. Yeah. So Bob and Beth, first of all, were you guys previously familiar with Donnie Benet? I was not. And when I saw the thumbnail first come up, I was like, what is this Richard Cheese nonsense that Ryan has sent? <laughs> and then I was extremely pleasantly supply- surprised, but I can't even describe this video or this music as anything other than smooth. It is just so fucking smooth. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah, you're right. And the yeah, whole I- album is that. Like, I've never heard of him before. So, of course, you know, listening to it, like, my first thought was, like I said, he looks like a porn star. But then listening, like, it was catchy as hell. Like, it, it got stuck in my head for the rest of the day. And like Ryan said, it's like, you can, like, you can like hear the pain in his voice of, like, I'm never going to find love again. But then here it is right here. And it's just, like, this continuous circle of it. Yeah, great song. Great pick. I, I would have never have heard this if it wasn't for this. 
And, and that's, I mean, that's why we're here. This is, you know, we talk about like, well, I haven't really heard that much Alice Cooper or whatever. This is why we're here to share this kind of stuff for the listeners and for each other to, to be exposed to new things like Huey Lewis's penis. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, all right. We're going to move on now to round two. And I'm going to kick it off with this sentimental, powerful ballad. This is a special song about that special someone, about just how special things could be. And uh, I'm sure everybody out there has gone, uh, felt, felt something very similar to that. And it can, uh, sometimes it can be the best thing, it can be the worst thing. It can make you feel great on that's right that's Nettie's girl by mike d the beastie boys and uh you know i you know me i like to have fun i like to be silly sometimes this this song baffled me for years uh because it was a b-side on the past the mic single and when check your head came out is when i started buying like you guys remember like the cd maxi single that would have the song like three remixes of the song and then like a live track or a b-side or whatever I, I probably have a dozen of those just from Check Your Head because there would be a release of Pass the Mic, but then there'd be a Japanese release, a UK release, and they would all have, like, they'd have the same four tracks, but then there'd be one or two other tracks that weren't on the other ones. So I went nuts getting these import singles, and uh, but Nettie's Girl was on the Pass the Mic single, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Are you really with this song? This is stupid because at that point with check your head, like we kind of had an idea of how silly the beastie boys could be, but this was, you know, even though they did the with five piece chicken dinner or whatever on Paul's boutique, like this was a step even beyond that. And I was just like, this is great, but it's weird what's happening. And then they put out a VHS called skills to pay the bills. And there's a fucking video for Nettie's girl. I'm like, what? What? Seriously, this, you guys invested money into a video for Nettie's girl. I don't but think it, it cost them too much. <laughs> no, no. I, there was like $12 spent on that video total. <laughs> uh, but, and it's great. It's there. It's in the stupid paddle boat out in the lake. It's Mike D and uh, uh, what's his Rick Rubin. Just it, it's ridiculous, but I, I love this song because as stupid and silly as it is, it is in a way very relatable because it's so conversational. It's talking about kind of a, uh, not obsession, but like, oh, hey, look at her. I mean, look at one of the most romantic lines of all time is from this song. Uh, and I'll quote it here because, you know, uh, yeah, baby, you know. You're on the one, the funky one. Oh, baby. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't sum up what we're here to do tonight, I don't know what does. If I wore panties, they'd be off right now. Yeah. That, your basement would be flooded. <laughs> uh, 
and uh uh, but I, I really do. I like it. I have gone from, you know, first time I heard this song being like, that's stupid. Why did they waste space with that? To feeling the same way about the video to now. I love it because it is one of kind of the cornerstones of the Beastie Boys being very silly and also doing whatever the fuck they want to do, which as their careers went on became more and more the case. And, and you know, I got more and more invested in them in them because of that kind of stuff. I also saw skills to pay the bills. I, I maybe still have the VHS, but I don't have a VCR anymore. So doesn't do me any good, but uh, I'd forgotten all about this song until you put it on here and it's still ridiculous, but it's still fun. And I don't yeah. think I thought it was nonsense at the time when I first saw it. I just was like, that's some stupid stuff that I should probably <laughs> get high to watch. And I thought the same thing when you posted it again. <laughs> Yeah, this one was new to me. I had never heard the song, never seen the video, uh, was in, thoroughly impressed by how ridiculous it was. Uh, <laughs> so I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And that's one of the great things about the Beastie Boys is like, unless you're, because uh, I, I believe I have everything that they've ever recorded. I've got uh, the VHS. There's actually a VHS from Licensed to Ill uh, that got very, very limited release and that they did not include the footage from on the Criterion Collection DVD that includes all of their other videos, uh, including Nettie's Girl. Uh, I've got all the, like I said, I've got all those singles. I've got, I, I feel like I have pretty much everything that they've done, but most people aren't that obsessive. So there's so many things still to be discovered by casual fans from these guys. And I, I love that. And there's so much just weird shit that they've done. And if you've never checked out grand Royal magazine, uh, find it. I think there's an online archive. It's also weird. All right. Time to move on. Bob, you are up next. I'm going to take us in a different direction. We've been talking about love a lot. Going to take us the opposite direction of that. And uh, with my next pick. Hope you find the things you said you need I'm just dying here cause it's not me Do you think about me, smile about me I can't stand this pain without you Did somebody steal your heart away? That was a band called Union with the song Robin's Song. So you guys probably have no idea who this is. Let me give you a quick history lesson about who this band is. Uh, 94, Motley Crue got rid of Vince Neil for various reasons. And they hired John Karabi to be their new singer. That did not work. So within about a couple of years, they got Vince back. Oh. During that time, about 1996, John Karabi was at a Motley Crue. And Kiss was also going through a change by putting the makeup back on. So John Karabi and Bruce Kulick met and they formed this band that they called Union. Um, the album is typical of what you'd, if you're familiar with like the 94 Crew album, if you're familiar with uh, what Bruce Kulick did with Kiss, it's pretty much what you can expect. Uh, this song in particular is actually something very personal to John where he proposed to his then girlfriend and when he proposed, she decided she wanted to leave him. Oh. So he wrote her this letter that he never sent her. And then he decided to kind of put it to music. So this is almost the exact letter that he wrote to her 
just put to me. And you, when you listen to it, you can just hear his heartbreak in the song. This is probably one of the saddest like breakup songs I've ever heard. Well, and that was when I had no idea of that. Bat- well, I had no idea of anything. I, all I heard was the song. And, and that my thought was this guy just sounds fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the vibe I got too. I was mm-hmm. like, this dude is straight up depressed. Yeah. <laughs> this is with, with, with good reason too. I mean, you, you, you find the courage to propose someone and they tell you no, and they just leave you. That's gotta be like the ultimate rejection. Oh gosh. That's brutal. Thank you, Bob, for taking up the goth mantle. Well, I mean, your picture also <laughs> right? upbeat this time, so I had to do something to make it, you know, people cry a little bit. Look, I'm just trying to subvert Dave's expectations until I can come out with the most goth list ever. Well, we, yeah, we need to do like a goth playlist at some point. <laughs> we need, we need to do that. Would be like June. I think June is a nice gothy month, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm usually, perfect. I'm usually at my saddest. um so yeah this this was uh, moving i will say because you you can feel it you can feel like this guy is feeling some things and he's making me feel things and quite frankly if you're like me i don't like it but he has a really good like soulful bluesy kind of rod stewart like voice yeah Um, yeah yeah if you guys even just remotely like the sound of the song look up the band union they put out two albums they're both really good they're great albums Bruce Kulick shines on guitar on these albums. There are some of my favorites. Um, I, I'm a huge John Karabi fan. I loved him with Motley Crue. Yeah, you can only take Vince Neil for so long. A lot of a lot they of fans, take a little break. It's actually one of like the better albums they've ever done, but it's not like the cocaine fueled party album. So they just like dismissed it. But like Tommy Lee said, it's one of the, it's one of the favorite things that they've ever done. The well, other, and actually, the one hates it. Nikki Six hates it. He's the only one. The other. The other two guys love it. Sometimes that stuff happens, though, where they, they get a change. It freshens things up and they get renewed kind of creatively and, and put out like because to, to me uh, with Anthrax, like Sound of White Noise, as much as I love Anthrax, as much as I love the thrash stuff, Joey Belladonna, Sound of White Noise is probably their best album. That's a great album. Sorry, everybody, album. but it it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on. To uh, Goth Girl, what is your <laughs> your next pick? My next couple picks are the least gothy things yeah, I've ever picked. So, like I said, subverting your expectations, lulling you into a sense of security before I rip the rug out from under you. Starting with this song. I know I'm being a basic bitch this year. It's general public with tenderness. So back in 1983, the English beat broke up, but Dave Wakeling, the singer and guitar, one of the guitar players and uh, ranking Roger got together with two guys from Dexie's midnight runners, the bass player from the specials and Mick Jones of all people who I had no idea back in back when this came out that he was in the band at all that's the one that blew my mind i didn't know that until i was looking into this song 
Me either. I listened to the song for years, had no idea Mick Jones had anything to do with them because they were a one hit wonder and they very quickly went away and Dave Wakeling went on to do other things and Ranking Roger is sadly no longer with us, but uh, Dave Wakeling still tours with uh, a reformed English beat and still plays this song. And I fucking love it. It's it's pop bubblegum. It's incredible. Fantastic. You can't help but love it. Nonsense. Yeah, so when you I mean, switch- I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's been in ton. It was in 16 Candles, Weird Science, Clueless, and then inspired uh, me to watch a movie called Devil's Do. Last night we watched it. Actually, uh, it's it's a basically like an updated Rosemary's Baby, and that's as much as I'll say. But well, I guess that's as much as you need to know about it. Uh, it's it's worth watching. It's not great, but I was like, I've never heard of this movie, and uh, the fact that it has this song in it makes me want to watch it because it came out in 2014. So it's not like it was proximal to this song, like the other movies were, uh, but the, it's just a fantastic song. It's on like four different eighties compilations that I have. And every time like it gets to that track, I'm like, yeah, it's great. This is one of the good ones. Cause you know, eighties compilations are, are 15, 16 songs. And uh, probably if you're lucky, 10 of them are good. And then there, there's some like the five or six that are like, I don't even fucking remember this, but they just were able to get the rights and put it on the album. But this is one of the highlights every single time. So, you know, it's funny, but so when, when you posted the link to this in the chat, I didn't know what it was. And then five seconds into hitting play, I was like, holy shit, this is that song. This song is, <laughs> this song had to have been in every single eighties movie. Well, who knew? I didn't know uh, years ago. I happened to cross, uh, there's a series of 80s compilations called Living in Oblivion. I have some uh, of those. And Well, and that's, I got them at the same CD shop. They had like five or six of them. And I just bought them all because I was like, oh, cool. I'll, you know, I, I don't listen to a ton of 80s pop. This would be very cool just to have these. So I bought them all. And this came on. And I was like, I had no idea the song was called Tenderness. Everybody knows the beat or, or the, the, uh, the hook of the song, like what it sounds like, but I no clue that it was called tenderness, even though they say it like 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What'd you think it was called? I, I, this is going to sound really insane. If there is a song that I'm more familiar with from the radio, I don't even honestly think about like what it's, I, I it's just there. It's a thing yeah. that exists. I don't wonder, like, I wonder what the name of this song is. Like if it's something that, Oh, that's pretty good. I don't feel the need to run out and buy the album or anything, but it's just like a good song. I don't fucking know what it's called. I don't know who did it. That was the same thing with uh, uh, the the NXS one you did. I I'm familiar with NXS, but I d- didn't know that was them, and I didn't know what that song was called. I just knew of it. That's fair. Yeah, same here. Like that's just one of those songs that I've always recognized and always enjoyed. And never really thought much about it, but I was happy to hear it again because uh, it is a great love song. Like it, it was a really that's a really solid pick. Well, it's time to move on to hopefully another solid pick. Uh, Ryan, why don't you wrap up round two? Well, I think it's a solid pick. Uh, this is one of my favorite bands uh, of all time. Probably one of the reasons that I'm in the Casket Creatures, and definitely like a band that we've like always 
worship the ground they worked on or uh, fucking walked on, I should say. Oh, they work on it too, buddy. They work on it too, <laughs> by God. But uh, yeah. Blitzkid is amazing. Uh, people always talk about the Misfits when it comes to horror punk, but my second favorite horror punk band would definitely be Blitzkid, and they're like incredible. And this song, Love Like Blood, is a little bit of a different direction, a little bit of a goth direction, uh, where it's about being broken up with, and basically, like, it's the classic, like, if uh, if I can't have you, nobody can. So it's straight up, like, I'm going to murder you. Um, but uh, it's so pretty. And like the the vocals and the hook and everything's so pretty that you know you don't think about how it's about murdering somebody, or at least that's I love what like I think. The, the, I love like the slow start to it where it kind of comes off as like sincere almost in the beginning. Oh yeah, and then it just and then it just kicks you right in the fucking teeth. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's the thing about this song. Like it, the build up, it goes you know goes on so long, but when it, once it kicks in, it's just nonstop. And that pretty much the entire song is a hook, and it's just great. Ryan, yes. I want you as I as I speak, as the words that are, I'm getting ready to say come out of my mouth. I want you to remember that I love you. I respect you as a human being. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. Oh, what did I say wrong? When when you when you sent this song in, have uh, have you ever had the experience where there's a band that you really really love, and then a band that you don't love so much does a cover of one of their songs? And you make a noise that's kind of like, when you sent this, I thought surely, because I'm I don't love Blitzkid like you do. I just don't. Yeah. And when you sent this, I thought, please tell me that Blitzkid is not covering a Killing Joke song. Please don't let this happen in my life. Is it a Killing Joke song? It is a Killing Joke song. I didn't know. it sounded familiar I did not know that. but I will say this they did a pretty darn fucking good job of it okay cool I actually uh, did not know that I just was like love songs I like this and, one and I recommend to the listeners uh, listen to the listen to the Blitz Kid version first and then go listen to the Killing Joke version you'll be like oh well this makes sense that's why uh, I, this is this is the high praise and and look for Blitzkid fans out there. I'm I'm fucking old. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just ignore me. But this is my high praise for Blitzkid's cover of this. To me, this sounded like the Casket Creatures doing a cover of a Killing Joke song, and that's great. So that <laughs> that's that I I because I, I I didn't even want to fucking click the link because I was like <laughs> I don't want to hear this. I don't want this to happen because I I really like killing joke a lot yeah uh and then I've like i heard them and i will look them up when it get you you will dig them particularly with this sort of synth rock thing yeah it's happening right now hell yeah uh but but especially when you hear this song you're gonna be like holy fuck because this is a very very good song by them 
Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. But yeah, I clicked the link and I was like, oh, okay, wait, this the intro. I, I get what they're doing. I see. And then it kicks in. I was like, you know what? I can't be mad at this. They they did a good job with this one. Hell yeah. And uh, I take back any credit I gave them for writing this song because <laughs> But well, it's a good cover. You you said that the you know the lyrics were were yeah, yeah. You know, powerful and meaningful. They are. They are. Yeah, it's true. They just didn't write. <laughs> but that shit happens though, where you've got a band that you really dig. Look, who sits down with liner notes? Hell, who even has physical liner notes anymore? No. No. Like I don't sit down and look at I, I you know when I was younger I did, but now I don't do that. And I don't know. I didn't know uh on the on prequel, uh, the last ghost album, I didn't realize the uh, one of the bonus tracks. Oh shit, I can't remember the name of it now. It's a cover though, and and yeah. I I didn't I wouldn't have known that. I didn't know anything about the original band. So like, that's kind of part of the fun of music is finding out stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Discovering like, oh shit, this song that I really like, it it's a cover. Somebody else did it. And then you go check out the other artist, and there's a whole. It's either, oh, well, my band did a whole lot better job with this song. I don't need to listen to any more of them. Or it's like a whole other artist with, like, Killing Joke, who have a bunch of albums that are all awesome uh, oh, yeah. that you get to check out and enjoy. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Hang on. we got to back up for a second. No, Please like, do. None of, you guys, none of you guys do that anymore? Like, you'll buy, like, an album and, like, sit down, like, and listen to it and, like, like look through, like, like the CD book or anything? You really don't do that anymore? I have Spotify. No. I don't buy things anymore. Oh, fuck that. I still buy the physical copies of everything well, I own. I still buy the physical copy, but it's very rare that I sit down and actually look through the liner notes or like the uh, the last Rob Zombie album had like a fucking well, that was the vinyl had like a book that came with it. And I oh, looked the CD at that too. I looked at that. But like if it's just liner notes and lyrics, I don't even I don't I don't have time for that. Oh yeah. man, I was it's like it's like an event for me to sit down with a new like a new CD and like, oh it's fucking and great. see you're you're doing it I'm right. Idiot. You're yeah. you're doing it the right way. I just I don't I wish that I had the patience for that, but yeah, I, I'm like cool, new album dropped, it's on Spotify. I'm gonna listen to it right now. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> uh all right. We're gonna move on. And uh, you know, Beth, you said you were gonna be a basic bitch, and I just can't let anybody be the the biggest version of anything on this show. <laughs> I have to be the biggest basic bitch. Uh, so my next pick is what I want. That's right. You make my dreams by Hall and Oates in every movie that's ever referenced in the 80s. Uh, it's from their 1980 album Voices. It hit number five on Billboard. It's been it's been used in movies, TV shows all over the place. Hall and Oates, one of the greatest. Uh, I, I when I was younger, I poo pooed Hall and Oates. I'm not going to lie. I thought they were fucking whack. I, I had no interest in them. Even though I grew up with their music, I was just like, this is, Beth, like you said, I was like, this is old people music. Like, this is shit my mom listens to. But then, as hip-hop started to evolve in the late 80s, early 90s, 
literally every hip hop artist I listened to started using Hall and Oates samples. And I was like, if these guys are listening to Hall and Oates, what's wrong with me? But I still didn't dive in until I was working at Warehouse Music in 1999. And one of the guys that worked there was a completely insane Hall and Oates fan. He owned like every album, every bootleg album. Every time they came into town, he went to see them. And if you, he was like, he was like the Rush fan of Hall and Oates fans. Did he have the mustache? No, he had no mustache. Uh, but like, you know how, if you mention Rush, some Rush fans going to come up out of the woodwork and start telling you about every Rush album. He was like that about Hall and Oates. And he gave me a challenge. He was like, I will buy your ticket to go see Hall and Oates. And if you go to the show and you like it, you pay me back. If you don't, then you've gotten a free show. Okay. Who can fucking turn that down? So I go to see Hall and Oates with him and it's fucking phenomenal. They are so good. Uh, and that was where I really turned the corner and was like, Hall and Oates are great. I accept their 80s-ness. I accept their blue-eyed soul, everything about them. They're brilliant, and they are. This is all facts. Uh, but this song is just poppy love perfection. Uh, it's it's great. And they, what's crazy is they make all these incredible pop songs, but they're never like the pop formula. They they very much do their own thing with their music. So about six years ago, um, I was at this venue called Ground Zero in South Carolina, and we got there like stupid early and we're there for like five hours before the show started or anyone was there. So we're sitting there at the bar just drinking and it's like me and Kevin and Tony and uh, they just start playing like Hall and Oates on a loop for like five hours. And at the beginning of it, I was like, oh, I hate Hollow Notes. Like, this sucks. Like, like I was like, I what what is this? Like, why are they playing Hollow Notes at this metal bar? And it's been going on for far too long. And then, like, all of a sudden, like a few songs in, we're singing along to every single one of these songs. I'm like, oh, you know, I know them all. I know them all. Yeah. And and then at that point, I was like, I like Hollow Notes and I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is a great song. Also, I have to recommend Colin Oates. So if you're ever in a Hall and Oates emergency, you can dial 71926-Oates and uh, you can you can hear an emergency Hall and Oates song. So <laughs> the Hall and Oates hotline. That is incredible. A little tip for you. Holy shit. That's valuable information. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I thought you were about to mention Holland Oates. From Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. His first name's Holland. His last first name is Holland. Yeah. <laughs> this this was also mom music at the time it came out. But, right, uh, right. Again, has has grown on me and not not ironically, hell with it. I like Holland Oates. Yeah, fuck it. I'll admit it too. I like him too. It's because they're great, great. It's a great song. It's just a good positive upbeat love song you can't not listen to this kind of sing along and tap your foot a little bit and and i will say with all sincerity to anyone uh you know once once everybody is touring again if you have the opportunity to go see them live go see them you're gonna know you're gonna know all the songs you're gonna see a bunch of like, well, okay, so in 99, it was like middle-aged women. Now it's going to be like 70-year-old women. But you're going to see a bunch of 70-year-old women 
literally okay so i've been to a lot of rock shows i've been to a lot of metal shows i've been to a lot of crazy shows the only time i've seen women literally throw panties at the stage was at the hall and oats show and it was all like middle-aged soccer moms up front at chastain of because of course it was at chastain literally throwing panties i think this is maybe just something that they do at hall and oats shows or they did 23 years ago uh it was it was such a good time. Everybody there was happy because you have to be happy listening to Hall and Oates. It, it was it was wonderful. It was great. Uh, all right, moving along, Bob. You got another barn burner well, as, for as us. I pencil in my um my Hall and Oates concert so I can hopefully get laid this summer. Um, <laughs> That's the place to do it. It sounds like it, but um um. Another, I guess, semi-predictable pick for me is this song right here. Who's to say why we stay with another? Counting days till we're holding each other. I can hear your voice inside my head still ring in my ears. I can close my eyes and feel you beside me. What I hope and pray to find a way to hold you somehow. I'm just loving you. I was Paul Stanley with Loving You Without You. Uh, Late 2000s, Paul released his second solo album uh, called Live to Win. It's probably the last time he sounded good singing. I think (laughs) after this is pretty much when his voice completely went. It pains me to say that because I'm a huge Paul Stanley fan. Um, uh, This album's just, I love the whole album. This song was a standout for me. Uh, The vibe I got from this song, it's just, it's almost like a long distance relationship. Just like loving someone even though they're not with you, you kind of cherish every moment you get with them because they're not always going to be next to you. Um, he's someone else. He always writes a good love song, a good ballad. He usually has the ballad on every Kiss album. Um, his two solo albums are no exception. There's a ballad on each of those, and they're usually the standouts. Again, I think I always thought Paul had an amazing voice. Uh, this whole album is no no exception to that. It's a great album. So in a really weird way, and and nobody may agree with me on this, but this to me almost felt like a sequel to Beth. Almost. Yeah, I can see that. In that this is 10 years into the future of that relationship. You know what I mean? I can see that. And she got tired of that fucking song and left. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, out of all the people... Uh, here, I think you're the one most entitled to be tired of that song. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very, I, I didn't know that Paul Stanley had, uh, I guess, lost his voice at any point. Like, did it it's, just. It's gone. It's gone. Uh, but Google, uh, but... like, and they're back on the road, like go on YouTube and just try to look up like the most recent, like kiss clips. It's, it's bad. Like he just, he cannot hit these notes anymore. He cannot uh, sing. There's it, rumors. And I mean, like if you watch videos, it's out there that most of his songs are tracks. He's just not singing anymore. Yeah. That, that's well, why the what is he like 75 years old or something? He just turned 70 actually. Okay. Okay. It's just, but like his voice is just not what it was. And well, how like could said, it like, be? You, watch, you watch videos and people are saying like it's, it's tracks. Yeah. Which is, which is sad. No, well, there's there's some videos where you can absolutely tell it's tracks. Like they're literally yeah. like 
a mile away from the microphone. It's just as powerful as when they're right here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, so what, sad. I'd still totally go see him. Well, and you got to wonder, though, uh, because, you know, what I, I and I don't know if this is hearsay or rumor or whatever, but I've always heard that their original intent was to make Kiss a franchise where when they got too old to rock, they somebody else would put on the makeup and go up and be Kiss. Like it wouldn't it would be like something that they handed down and not always you know, the same guys, but that they just enjoyed rocking and getting paid so much that they just kept doing it. They still say that, but honestly, like that won't catch on Pete, like diehard, like it, it'll, it'll, have I don't know, man, first, but this tribute man like, arena is like they are now with that. It'll be like, like a club show with that. Well, point. yeah. And that's, that's a good point too. I, well, I don't know though, if it was, if it was an officially licensed, like not a cover band, this is Kiss. Yeah, it's different people. Because what's what's the difference between that and a band getting a new lead singer? Like it, it's. But look at the track record of some of those. Iron Maiden did it, total failure. Motley Crue did it, total failure. Van Halen did it twice. The first time was a success. The second time was one of the worst lineup changes, probably in music history. Well, Gary yeah. Schroeder, Van Halen. Holy yeah. shit! I saw that live, and it was atrociously bad. Yeah, and I guess the singer really is kind of the the key to all that. As it much really as I is. don't, as much as I don't want to downplay the other, you know, band members' contributions, <sighs> switching that vocalist is is a tough tough thing to do. It unless doesn't contributions work. unless you get lucky, like Journey. I saw them play uh, New Year's Eve, and that guy sounds just like Steve Perry. Yeah. Well, and Alice, uh, Allison Chains, when they got their new singer, like that SDP guy. He also, and that guy was like, like sounds just like Wyland. Yeah, that was wild. Some of them, I mean, some of them are hits. Some of them are total duds. It just depends. Like ACDC got lucky, but it became yeah, a different yeah. band. It wasn't like the same band. But with Kiss being a franchise in the way that it is, I, I, I just, I, I always wonder. But we're not really talking about Kiss. We're talking about Paul Stanley uh, but, and this um, so, beautiful so, so piece of music. Up, so to back up to Paul, though, so if, if no one has ever listening, has ever heard the Live to Win album, look it up on YouTube. It's a great album. But then he also did a live like DVD that highlighted a lot of this album, a lot of his first solo album, and then a lot of like rare Kiss songs that never really got any play with Kiss. He kind of filled his set list with those. And that's an amazing concert. Uh, I think that's called One Live Kiss, actually. Okay. It's, it's fantastic. And it's just him with the band from um, the fuck was that show? Rockstar or some shit? What was that show? The show where they were where they found the new singer for NXS. Oh, oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, uh, the house I remember band watching was it. his band for for touring. Oh, okay, okay. How did that go with the new singer of NXS? Not well. Probably, probably not well. Yeah. See, same thing. Another good example. Yep. But the bottom line is Paul Stanley is, uh, you know, one of the greatest rock and roll voices of all time. So when he tells you it's time to feel love, you better darn well feel some love. This is definitely one of his more um, like soulful songs. Uh, I urge anyone listening, please look this up on YouTube. If you're remotely a fan of Paul or Kiss, you will not be sorry with the song. Well, moving along, Beth, what is your next pick? 
All right. I can forgive you guys for not getting down with BTS when I pulled that out at Christmas, but uh, here's a hill I am prepared to die on. And it is for this song. I want to love somebody. You need to get back in the arms of a good friend. And I need to get back in the arms of a good friend. That is Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet. And I really could have picked any one of about 95% of Matthew Sweet's songs because he pretty much strictly writes love songs, or at least did. I don't know what he's doing now. But for the early 90s there, Matthew Sweet was the love song guy. And Girlfriend was his big breakthrough album. If you're around in the early 90s and listening to radio, watching MTV, you've heard the song. I don't know that it's gotten any traction anywhere else as far as comeback, but it's still a great song. This is one of the new Spotify playlists I created based on working on this podcast tonight is I'd pretty much forgotten all about Matthew Sweet until I was like, wait a minute, here's a perfect love song. It's sweet, it's cute, it's catchy. The video's got an 80s anime cut up into it. It's just fun. And like I said, I'm prepared to die on this hill. It is really weird that this song hasn't had some kind of like modern resurgence because this song is fucking incredible. Uh, This is so, you know, going back to, we've talked a lot about sort of buying music and how you take music in. And back when this came out, uh, MTV was where you found out about music and this video, very eye catching. It's, it's the, uh, what the heck is the anime? I can't remember uh, what it's called. Space Adventure Cobra. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, but it's very, it's cool. And at the time, I was sort of just starting to find Japanese animation that wasn't Battle of the Planets or whatever. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is interesting. But then the song itself just fucking rocks. So I went out and bought the album uh, because that's what you did back then. You got one good song and you're like, I got to check this person out. And uh, returned the traded the album in the next day because the rest of the songs on this album are not like this song at all. This is I feel like this is the only like rock and awesome song that Matthew Sweet ever recorded. Most of his songs, as you said, are more low key, lovey dovey. Like this is fuzzed out like seventies rock awesomeness. I, I have other recommendations from different albums for you then. Okay, well, I would I would love to have a best of Matthew Sweet because this is so good. And you're like, man, this guy knows how to rock. But then the rest of the time, he doesn't use that talent for rocking very well, I don't feel, in my personal opinion. Uh, but this song is absolutely awesome. I love it. It was a great, great pick. Uh, it's very... It's funny, the lyrics are very, like, 90s dude lyrics. Uh, And apparently this whole album was written after a bad breakup with his girlfriend, which you can kind of tell. But he he managed to get some rock out of it. So I have never heard of this guy before. 
Whoa, in, my, in, my what? Sheltered, in my sheltered life. I've never heard of this dude before. And um, so when, when you posted this, I just kind of, you know, was checking on that at first and holy shit, this is probably my favorite pick of the entire night. I think I said that about one of your picks last time too, Beth, that you had like my favorite pick. I forget what it was, but I'd never heard this before. So I absolutely oh, love it. I think, it, I think it was the Dio song. The Dio it, Christmas. Yes, it was, oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the Dio Christmas song. That's right. So like, I never heard this before. So my girlfriend's here tonight and um, I, I'm like, you got to hear this fucking song. So I played it. Like she knew exactly who this was. Like we, and I'm like, okay, so what the fuck's the Anna? Like, what is this animation? Is it for the video? Is it something real? We looked that up. I'm, I'm going to watch that now because I have no idea what that is. So I just I got a whole shitload of stuff just from this one. <laughs> there's a there's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack this with like, this, this one like, song. Easily like the best pick of the night, 100. percent Yeah, this is one that's gonna like go into my regular rotation. Like I had never, uh, you know, they say like if a song's like really really good, then you hear it and you're like, oh, I've heard this before. But I and I felt that way, but I don't think I've actually heard this before. I think it's just that good of a song that I I feel like I have. Maybe well, when it, you were a drunk toddler, you heard it. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, and he I, was kind of a one-hit wonder. Like I, I know he got some airplay with other songs, but like this was as big as he like ever this. got. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is one that if if I've heard it, it's been a long time, and I, it was it, it was great. The video is awesome. Like the the animation is really really cool. I dug it. Yeah. Has and you anyone ever funny? seen that anime? Like, what is it? Is it good? I got like a heavy metal vibe from it. I've never I, seen that one. I watched it back when this came out, and I don't remember a thing about it. So I'm thinking it's kind of just middle of the road. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, but what's funny about this video is, you know, at the time it was just awesome. But now watching it, it the the shots where his head. Is kind of bobbing across in front of it seems so weird to me, but that at the time it didn't. I don't yeah. know. It doesn't he looks like like the lost cat, right? He looks like the lost cast member from like Boy Meets World or something. <laughs> yes, yes. He has a very well, you know what? He looks like a guy named Matthew Sweet. Yes. Yes. He's got a very early 90s dude vibe going. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, Ryan, why don't you wrap this round up? All right. Up next is one of my favorite artists of all time. This is Soul Love by David Bowie. Um, Like most of his songs, I can't really tell you what the lyrics are about. I think that it's about how love can find a way to just penetrate your life. Uh, I didn't mean it that way, but, you know, we are talking about love. (laughs) Oh, I think you did. I might have. But, uh, you know, it's like you don't you don't choose who you love like love is just there and it's it's a force to be reckoned with i believe that's what the song's about but i don't know it's david bowie he was on a lot of drugs um (laughs) but uh the rise and fall of ziggy stardust is possibly my favorite album of all time or it's at least in my top three i love every song on that one and i was like i I got a pixel off that album so this is my pick i mean it's david bowie everything he did was 
basically unassailable. Like it's, it's, it's all good. It's yes. all like there are things that aren't as much to my taste, but you still hear it and you're like, it's fucking incredible. Yeah. I don't want to listen to it every day of my life, but every, every, just everything, everything he did was just phenomenal. He, he was very much, uh, in a way, a lot like Prince. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Because I don't love everything that Prince did, but it's all incredible. And it's, this is the same kind of thing. And this uh, soul love, I mean, Ziggy Stardust is, yeah, it's Bowie's best album. Yeah. For sure, I think so. I think it's it's. There's a couple that are up there with it, but that's my favorite for sure. And and I mean, the, this is just another powerful song. It almost that album is so good that you almost can't take the song separately. Oh yeah, no, it's a start to finish for me. If I listen yeah. to it, I start right at the five years and just go all the way through. Well, that's you put this up, and I didn't click the link on this. I just listened to the album. Yeah, me too. Like it's you can't, I, I can't separate this. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I fucking love David Bowie. I saw him three times live. They were all amazing. All different sized shows. He could have lived another hundred years as far as I'm concerned and kept making music. This, this album, hunky dory low. Those yeah. are like my three yeah. favorite albums he did. Even the stuff that I didn't enjoy as much, like his mid-80s super cocaine time. His worst songs are better than most people's best songs. True. Well, let, let's go ahead and lay it out there. Since we're talking about David Bowie, Dancing in the Streets with Mick Jagger, one of the worst songs of all time. However, David Bowie is really great in that song. Yes. They both are. Come on. That's a great song. You, you say what you will about it, but you know it, and you remember the video. I mean, you're right. It's it, it, it's, it, it, it proves its, it's point. Horrible, but it is also undeniable. I guess I don't know. It's it's, it's not my favorite. No. no, but it's still awesome. I'm with Beth, where it's like Hunky Dory Low and this one are like my favorites. I I listen to those all the time. They're constant repeats for me. But but then his his industrial stuff when he was hanging out with Trent Reznor that's great too. Oh, I yeah. need like he could reinvent himself all the time. I'm yeah. glad this came up. I need to get you. Uh, I've got a. It's uh, Trent Reznor or it's Nine Inch Nails and David Bowie live. It's a live album that has Whoa. both of their full sets, and then Ooh. in the middle the the two songs that they do together. Ooh, I saw that show. That was a great show. I need to I need to get that to you. That's awesome. Yes, please. All right. Well, David Bowie, uh, uh, definitely the the peak of this entire playlist uh, because uh, everything he did was magic, period. Uh, so I'm going to follow that up with something that's uh, a little simpler, a little, uh, you know, just it is what it is, a little punk rock. And that is... Always looking for someone to kiss me good night Always hoping for someone like you That would always shine bright like the stars above others we found In love, in love And I always knew you were the one for me And I always knew you were the one for me And I always knew you were the one for me 
I always knew by the queers, uh, one of my favorite punk bands of all time. I find basically everything they did eminently power, uh, palatable. They, they're like the Ramones part two to me. And that's not just because they released an album that was literally just a cover of an entire Ramones album. Uh, I just, I, I just love the queers. I've seen them live a bunch of times. They're always just fun, energetic, uh, never struck a bad note with me in any way. I love them. And this is from their 1996 album. Don't back down uh, where to me, this album in a way is peak queers because it incorporates uh, their surf rock sensibilities with their punk rock sensibilities with it's just kind of everything that, you know, Joe queer loves all coming together. And this song is just the the sappiest, most sugary, sweet punk song you've ever heard in your whole life. It, it's the the line that gets me. Uh, there's something. Oh wait, hang on. I don't want to. I'm something to someone. I'm into life now. I'm just a punk rocker in love. I, that's not the most just. Bleh, overwhelming but i love it it's so because in 1996 uh you know i was still trying to play you know a tough guy who doesn't like things that aren't cool no 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 like putting on a the most ridiculous front ever but this album was kind of a you know what you don't have to pretend to be you know cool guy hard ass whatever like it's okay to to have fun and be silly and uh and and sweet i guess and this song is all of that i like the queers and i have never heard this song so thank you for something else new to listen to and it's a great song and i was surprised you know it yeah. always it shouldn't be but it always does kind of surprise me when it's a punk band i haven't heard do a sweet song before and i hear them do a sweet song well like, this oh, whole album is feeling. is is a bit of a departure for them. Like it really is kind of the range of their influences. I feel like, uh, I wouldn't say it's the best queers album, but it's one that I think anybody could enjoy. Yeah. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I also, I'm not as familiar with the queers. I know I should be. Cause like everyone I know just tells me constantly how fucking great they are. They're so fucking um, good. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I thank you for introducing me to this song and it made me want to dive into their catalog a, a lot more. So, well, good. definitely check out don't back down like yeah. that, that album, you will be like, Oh man, that was like when it ends, you, it's one of those albums that when it ends, you'll be like, fuck. Oh, yeah. more of this. Hell yeah. yeah. Big surprise. I never heard this song before, but I really enjoyed this one. This is another one. I listened to it, really enjoyed it. So I'm getting a lot from this. Especially this this year is like, listen, I'm getting a lot from this that I really like. Well, we're we're trying to do our best. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Bob, keep so us going. Here. Something that no one's probably ever heard before. My last pick is going to be.
from Swedish metal band Aventasia. This song is called In My Defense. What you guys probably don't know is this is a Freddie Mercury cover. Oh, I did know that. <laughs> I'm, okay, doesn't surprise me you knew that, but the look on Best Face says she did not know that. So for the time he was out of Queen, he did two solo albums. This is on, I think, the second one. Um, it's, just, it's a beautiful, soulful song about how easy love can come and go and you, just, you don't know what to do when that happens. Um, if you listen to the original and then this cover, they're almost identical. The singer for this band, Tobias Samet, is a huge Freddie Mercury fan, was extremely loyal to the song. Aside from the fact that uh, Tobias's voice is a little smoother than Freddie Mercury's on, on this particular song, it's identical. He changes nothing, does not make it his own in any way, stays incredibly faithful to the original. I mean, it's Freddie Mercury. Like, you're not going to... To me, he's probably the greatest songwriter, singer, frontman ever. No one can ever hold a candle to Freddie Mercury ever if defense had not been spelled with a c i don't know that i would have immediately thought anything of this but i saw the c and i was like defense no, that was just a, a shitty spelling on the link i sent well no no no, that's correct oh is it that's the correct spelling because that's uh the english spelling of defense okay uh and it, it, if if that hadn't keyed me off, I don't think I would have immediately known. But I had a very similar reaction to Ryan's Blitz Kid, where I was like, "Oh gosh, are we really covering Freddie Mercury here?" But then, as you said, it's so faithful that I, I what can you say? Like the, this guy, and I, I don't know anything about this band at all, but. You say you know this guy has a reverence for Freddie Mercury, and it's very, very clear in the song, which is a yeah. a beautiful song. And it's like I'm normally not big on covers, and I'm you know we'll, if when we do the cover show, we'll definitely get into that more. I'm never <laughs> big on cover songs, but this is this is one I when I first time I heard it, I didn't know it was a cover. I just I fell in love with the song, and then researching a little more, I found that it was a Freddie Mercury cover. So of course I had to go find that. And was blown away by, by by Freddie's version of it. Well, I'm generally not big on covers unless they really do bring something new to the table and are this artist bringing their style to this song, uh, which is very much what Blitzkid did with the Killing Joke song. Uh, but in this instance, this almost felt more like a tribute than a cover. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Like this guy just loved this this song and this artist so dearly. He was like, I just got to do this. I had no idea it was a Freddie Mercury song. I don't know that I've ever listened to his solo albums. I love Queen, but I don't think I've ever listened to his solo albums. So I just thought this was a really pretty song. No idea that it was Freddie Mercury. But so when you get a chance, look at the Freddie now. Mercury one. I totally will. Yeah, I I dug the hell out of it. I actually have heard of this band. I've heard some of their other like original stuff. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a great cover. Uh, I did not know it was a cover, but I will go back and listen to the original. It's it's honestly it's almost seamless how close they are. It's almost like he took the exact track and just put his voice on it. That's how like faithful he really is to the song. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm typically like Dave as well. Like I want if somebody's doing a cover, like I feel like there needs to be like a reason. Right. Bring bring it. your flavor. 
Yeah, but I mean, if this is like a tribute to a you know a lost artist, uh, I mean, that's awesome. He did yeah. a good job, clearly. Uh, all right, moving on. Beth, why don't you bring us our next pick? Well, I am still going with my pretending it's a speed round, even though it's not really a speed round. But it's not something funny for the last round. I guess I could just stop doing this, but uh, I like no, to please throw don't. Some, I like to throw something funny in at the end. And for this podcast, I have chosen when everything is just right. You're not too tired from your after work social netball team practice. There's nothing good on TV. Mm, conditions are perfect for making love. You turn to me and say something sexy like, I might go to bed after work in the morning. I know what you're trying to say, baby. You're trying to say, oh yeah, it's business time. Business Time by Flight of the Concords. And I was torn between this and Ooh Girl Ooh by three times one minus one for Mr. Show. But I went with Flight of the Concords because they were an actual band and actually played their music. And I love them. They are so funny. I still go back and watch them every couple of years. Uh, the, the first season of their show is fucking fantastic. And this song in particular is one of the funnier ones to me because of the little video that goes with it. So if you haven't watched Flight of the Concords, watch Flight of the Concords. Well, I, okay. So back when, I I don't even know when it came out, whenever Flight of the Concords came out, I, I remember seeing like HBO, it was on HBO, right? Yeah. And they had like little trailers for it or little, you know, things to like get you excited about this show and I remember seeing those and being like, oh, this looks like it's going to be right up my alley. This looks like some some zany humor that I'm really going to enjoy. And then I watched it and I was like, this is fucking terrible. At the time, it did not resonate with me at all. I am so glad that you chose this because this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was dying. Like from the opening line, girl, tonight we're going to make love. You know how I know? Because it's Wednesday. Like, (laughs) immediately I was like, "What? how wrong have I been about Flight of the Concords? Clearly I need to revisit this entire concept. And sat there watching this video. This is, everything is just fucking hilarious. I don't know what was wrong with me whenever this came out that I didn't love it. But I've I've got a I'm getting on HBO Max like as soon as we're done recording here. They they play with all genres. They play with love different style love songs. They play with seventies funk. They play with obviously David Bowie. David Bowie. Oh, I can't wait until you see Jermaine Clements' David Bowie impression. Well, and that's that's what's so good about this is it's funny as shit, but it's also very very well done. Like the music is great like if this didn't have silly lyrics it would still be a good like sort of you know funk type song so i i've i'm mad at younger me for not 
getting this? Well, it's it's dry, dry humor, a lot of it. So I can understand if you're not in the right mindset for dry humor. And, and, and you know, that may well have been the thing. It's hilarious. Like, I love that show. And this is actually this was on my list of like possible candidates. And I was so glad that you picked it because I, I mean, this is like it's so good. It's so funny. And like, like I said, it's a damn good song, too. I feel like this is like the ballad of every like old married couple. <laughs> well, and that, yeah, that's the other thing is like once you hit a certain age, this is also very relatable. I actually watching the video, I was like, he's a little young for this <laughs> to be accurate. Hey, imagine how badass this song would be if like Barry White sang. Oh, well, and that, but that's exactly that's what's so good. Is it like it the 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 music, the instrumentation feels like that. It just happens to be this silly Kiwi singing over it. Is Kiwi okay to say? I think so. I'm, I think so. I'm pretty sure. New they Zealander. Definitely, they definitely make fun <laughs> of themselves a lot on the show. They do. Okay. Well, that's Do you fine. have any listeners from New Zealand, Dave, as far as you know? Uh, you know what? I'll have to go check. It actually shows me a geographical thing and we do have international uh listeners that's cool my much to my surprise (laughs) uh all right well ryan um uh you gotta wrap this thing up what is your uh, final pick my final pick is this awesome song So this is from The Weeknd, who I've recently become obsessed with, um, especially the last two albums. Um, I didn't know who he was. I like I heard all these people talking about him at the Super Bowl last year. And I was like, that sounds like someone I absolutely will not like at all. Um, and then uh, somehow uh, there was this band, this punk band that covered one of his songs. And I was like, oh, man, this is a catchy ass song. Started diving deep into it. And the new album, Don FM, came out. And it's incredible. It's got narration from Jim Carrey and it's got this weird vibe to it where like the whole thing's about like a radio station that you listen to before you like die and cross to the other side. It's like real weird and like it's cerebral and it is pop music, but it's like dark, uh, I guess. (laughs) And uh, this song uh, actually has an intro by Quincy Jones where he's just talking about all the things he wishes he had done about like, you know, saying he loved his kids more and his family and like all the stuff he wished he had done, but now he's out of time because he's, he's old and you know, he, he can't really make up for that. And that's what the song's about, about, about say, say you love people now, not later. Too heavy. So, well, I, I need to hear this album because I feel like this song on its own, I didn't, I don't know. This was something very different to me. And I was like, I don't, I don't get this. Yeah. It didn't like this song on its own. 
I was just like, I don't, I'm just not feeling this, but I get the sense that there's something bigger to be appreciated here. Oh, yeah. So I need it's it was like the first times I, I heard ghost. Yeah. Like I didn't get it. And I feel like it's something similar with this where I need to sit down and listen. Is this the newest album? Yeah, Don FM. And the okay. one before it's really good too. Those two are like his new style. Like his other stuff was like more like R and B and like rap, which is cool, but like this stuff is awesome. So yeah, and, and that's I heard that- and there was oh, an interview I read where he's actually inspired by Donnie Benet with these new albums. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I need, I need to hear this album. That that's what this song left me with is there's more here than, than what I'm getting from this little sampling. So I yeah. need, I need to check this out. Absolutely. I also had just heard people talk about the weekend. And I mean, I didn't even know it was just a guy for a while. I thought it was a band, but I'm then I found out it was just a guy. And well, it's a weird name, the weekend. And pleased to meet you. I'm the weekend. (laughs) So you can just call yourself the whatever you want. Sure. Yeah. Um, It's good and I like it. But I like Dave, I think I need to hear more of it to, to really kind of connect it to something because i feel like i feel, need context it feels like a piece of a it is a puzzle yes. or a piece of something and i'm not getting the whole picture right it's now with just one song album. but it's like, a I'm, gonna, good, I'm gonna a good song i'm gonna agree with what ryan said in the beginning he said like like he like i heard of this this artist before i'm like oh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna like that i'm not have no interest in that and then i saw him post a link and i'm like oh a new guy clearly doesn't get it and then I listened to the song. I was like, holy shit, this is really good. This song is fucking deep. And I agree with you guys. Like, I do want to hear more of like where this comes from. Like, this is definitely like a piece of something. And the whole, the whole concept is probably incredible when you hear it all together. Yeah. That's exactly you just nailed it. That's it. I I want to hear where this comes from. I, I want to th- this is like it's like seeing just the surface of of like something really interesting. Like I need to get the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys, I think we've laid out a pretty darn fascinating list. Everything from basic bitch stuff to really weird shit like The Weeknd and Donnie <laughs> Benet. Well, I guess Donnie Benet is not even really weird, though. It's just oh. like when you take all of his elements in together, it becomes weird. But it's just hearing package. that song. Yeah, yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, we've had a great time talking about uh, love. I, I think we're all feeling right now like we just need to you know, spend some time with a loved one and, and maybe just get it on a little bit. But before we do, go look at find Lewis's out. Penis. Yeah, well, yeah. You, I mean, that's obviously number one on the list is go look up Huey Lewis's penis. But uh, <laughs> as it should be any day of the week. Uh, but before we go, Bob, where can we find you online? What are you up to? Uh, Facebook, Instagram at Bob Burke Art, one word. Uh, 2022 Glomania celebrates 10 years. So I will be um, starting to get shows together now. I will be out and about uh, all through 2022, celebrating my 10-year anniversary of doing this. Um, check my social medias for dates. Unfortunately, you know, not anywhere near where you guys are. A lot of my things are East Coast. But Some, I, someday, someday I will make my way to the grand state of New York. Still my goal to get you out here, Dave. I, I want to. I want to. I'm going to find something. Plenty to do. Trust me. Plenty, plenty to do over here. 
Oh, believe me, I'm well aware of it. Like everything I see, I'm like, like literally every event I see that's in New York, I'm like, that looks amazing. Why don't we have that in Atlanta? Like I just went to New York Comic Con for the first time last year. Holy shit, it is so overwhelming. Yeah, I bet it's unreal. And that was like, you know, like in a COVID world, it was overwhelming. My friend who I went with said, like pre-COVID, it was even worse. Someday we will be in the state of New York doing the big damn game show. It will happen. Hell yeah. We'll fucking do it. Uh, but until then, Beth, what are you up to? Where can we find you online? I am co-host of Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars podcast where we talk about books and sometimes other media. We will be talking about the Book of Boba Fett next week or the week after, somewhere in there. Don't know when you're listening. Um, but uh, yeah, for better or worse, we'll talk about that show soon. Don't you don't you disparage the book of Boba Fett? I know you. I know you too are a couple of haters, and I don't want to hear it. Hey, that, that episode of The Mandalorian was cool. That was a great episode <laughs> of The Mandalorian. Yeah. All right, uh, Ryan Cadaver. What are you up to? Where can we find you online? Uh, you can check me out of my house, hating on Book of Boba Fett. Damn it! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, uh, check out the Casket Creatures and Neon Warlords. Um, that's pretty much all I got going on right now. Um, kind of in a rebuilding phase. Had a had a lot of changes in my life, so I'm kind of getting back into the the uh, the music and everything. So uh, we're going to be releasing some new Casket Creatures and some new Neon Warlords and and uh, being you know doing some cool shit. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, sharing some of the best love songs of all time. We'll be talking to everybody sooner than later. Thanks a lot, you guys. And that is how you do a show about love songs. I, for needless things, anyway. Like, you may do it completely differently. Uh, somebody else may, may have different songs. Even better ideas. I don't know. That's how we do it. This is how we do it. Uh, more musical spectaculars uh coming at some point but next week okay so i can't announce this because the interview hasn't happened yet but there's potentially a very special bonus episode of the needless things podcast coming next week the interview is supposed to happen tomorrow night but i'm not announcing anything until the interview is in the can and then next week's regular episode the return of the needless commentary swooping in to save the day it's still swayzuary we watched steel dawn which met a little bit more of a mixed reaction uh than i was expecting but we still had a blast watching it you're gonna enjoy our commentary uh, lots of fun stuff. I always say this, but it's true. Lots of fun stuff coming from Needless Things. Uh, I'm working hard to do things at some conventions. It's it's a struggle, you guys. It's tough because uh, you gotta, you know, conventions are like, well, hey, we want you to have a whole ton of listeners. Well, if I, I if I could do your convention, I would get more listeners, right? But we need you to have more listeners because, like. I want to use them as a platform and they want me to be a platform to draw people and, and it's this weird, unhelpful uh, relationship where nobody really is getting what they want. And, and really, isn't that what life is all about? 
I don't mean that. Life is great. It is what you make of it. Put a smile on that face. And remember, I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.